Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're upstairs with a boyfriend while I'm left here to listen. Okay, folks, this is Eric Mack with Liberally Correct, episode number four, along with Brett Madsen, as always, from Philadelphia. How are you today, Brett? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the media and all That's its... That's a pretty big topic. ...suckiness. Oh, you want us to go... <laughs> oh, oh, I was thinking we could just end the show right there. Okay. That's the only depth we need right there. It's just... We need to the just media, say, it we, sucks. We need to just Everyone say, agrees. say the media, yes. Okay, so the song you just heard was uh, I'm Not Angry by Elvis Costello. We're not. From from his first album, My Aim is True. Great album. One of the best albums of all time. Wouldn't you say, Brett? I would say. Also released the year that Star Wars came out, so it was not a bad year for pop culture. Just throwing that out there. Well, there was disco, but okay. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. So let's get into the media. I've been basically sitting around for like almost two years waiting to just slam the media on some form some that's good because some, no some kind of some kind of this is this is media so i'm slamming the media on a podcast which is technically the media as well oh uh, so that's that's important that's one thing i wanted to talk about immediately what do you mean when you say the media yes. what do we talk about when we talk well, about yeah that, that that is something that sort of pisses me off a little bit because each side blames the media but they both mean different things when they say the media Yes, I, I totally agree with the importance of your question. All right, um, so what do you think the media means? Well, to me, there are legitimate media operations. If you actually report facts, and I suppose you don't have to have careful analysis and opinion. It helps to, to do so. You, could, you can just be reporters, I suppose. That would be uh, that would be a news organization that I would that I would trust if they have reporters reporting facts, and if there okay. is some if there's some kind of editorial oversight or some kind of editorial review, and if there are actual consequences for reporting something that is not factual, if there's there's some there's some kind of standard. Let's okay. see. Okay, so that's that's a news organization. I would even consider Fox News or a legitimate news organization, even though they suck because they do do reporting and. And that's fair. I think some of the people... And there are, is are an fun. editorial process, right? They have a similar yes. tone. They're, they're pretty much after the same things. They will provide a weird version of the facts, but they uh, rarely trade outright in conspiracy theories. It's been a long time since I've straight watched Fox News. But yeah, I have to say, unfortunately, they are an actual reporting organization. Yeah, whereas something like Breitbart, which I'd never heard of until this past summer... Oh, um, I had. I'm surprised you hadn't. Okay. I'm on all the do, message do, boards. Do, do do I look like I'm part of the alt right? <laughs> you could I, be. You could be a white supremacist. You're white. That's true. Well, so <laughs> that's a well, start. So are you. Okay. I, well, now, why did that's you just sit? Why did you just say that you were familiar with Breitbart? Because I post prolifically on their message boards. I have the username White Power Cock Number One. <laughs> then a bunch of exclamation points. So, <laughs> it's important. It's important for the yeah, people to know. That's okay. a, well, yeah, that's and yeah, that's important work you're doing there. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. <laughs> Everything, every weird story your uncle's got, he got from me. So you're welcome, <laughs> Earth. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Now, what is your definition of of the media? 
Well, okay, so I'm going to go a little wide here. One of the things that always bothers me about it is that I, 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 bothers I, me I, about I the word. I, I, I gave you the definition of, of news organization when you asked me right. what the media is. and I, It's a weird term because yeah. media can be basically anything that's audio or visual. Yes. That, <laughs> so a picture is media. This podcast is definitely media. Yeah, a song is a piece of media. I, I mean... It, and I actually don't, I should have done more research before this one, I actually don't know like the origins of the word or exactly how we arrived at this current definition, but broadly speaking, in English, you can call those things pieces of media. So how we got to consider the media just news organizations that we don't like, but still expect to do a valuable job, I guess for free, we'll get to that later. Yeah, I don't know how that definition came about. So when most people say the media, they mean, I suppose, news organizations. And, well, that's something we're going to have to talk about more because you said you think that any news organization is one that has – any true news organization is one that has a reporting process. What is that? Because I don't think most of us know anymore. We just see things on the internet and you sort of judge by font if it's a trustworthy site or not. Like we're basically (laughs) just judging fonts, I think. That's yeah, I mean, I have I have a cousin who's currently a reporter and uh, for for a newspaper in uh, Utah. Hello, the Log- uh, the uh, Logan Herald. That would be really bad if you muff the call out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to my boys well, at the I, I place. Doubt, I doubt the, the about the Logan Herald has us on the on their radar. So, oh, um, I, I think he writes a, a, on average about ten articles a week. And last I talked to him about his kind of process, and he has to you know interview people take down you know it's almost it's like it's like um it's like kind of like being a detective or an investigator i mean you have to just find out what happened put together a narrative that encapsulates what happened and then also more or less make it interesting that's sort of your responsibility as a storyteller to help the publication you work for make money from selling interesting information to others interesting information that's that's hard because uh, I'm yeah. sure we'll get into this again later, but most information that we need is not very interesting. Yeah. I'm so glad like it wasn't my job to develop penicillin. I'm like, oh yeah, we have that. It's cool. We like I'm I'm human, so I get the penicillin too. <laughs> Even though I had nothing to do with that. Don't understand how it works. Just, you know, fuck polio. Fun to be alive in 2016. Yeah, let's just be honest. There's like maybe a f- two or three dozen like scientists that we pretty much owe all owe our lives to. I think that's not entirely true. Uh, we owe the, them for those breakthroughs, but for actually taking important discoveries, there's a small, very very small, maybe not an army, but a, a small brigade of scientists in okay. every era that's that's taking this important information and actually turning it into the products that we use in our lives to keep us alive. Yay, science. Hey, that's actually a decent segue because one of the things that I always think of when I think about uh, what reporting actually is as someone who doesn't do it is (laughs) that it's it's a process. Like when you think about what science actually is, science is a process. Reporting is a very similar process. It's necessarily more descriptive. So you can't, you can't, you know, there's no such thing as like, absolutely true reporting but it's the same idea you need to know this information and present it well how do you know it and how do you present well, there, it and there's, there are there's no there's no hypothesis at the beginning that's true that's that's true no, it's, um, a, it's a different kind of hypothesis it's more like well i've got this the hypothesis lead. i've got provided this lead to you by on, the yes i've got this lead on a story yes so yeah i guess the, 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 yeah you're right the, the hypothesis is, is provided by whoever feeds you the lead by the earth <laughs> yes Yours is like, here, this car is in the side of a building. Do you want to know why? It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. But if, if you're doing it right, it's it's a constant testing of your idea against other ideas. And I suppose unlike, um, no, actually quite like the sciences, you often will find something inconclusive or that doesn't work. So this yeah. car smashed into a building. What happened? Uh, we asked the police chief. He was on the scene slow. Why are you on the scene slow? He says it's not a big deal, but it turns out that the person in the car knew the police chief personally. How was he not on the scene? How, and it might turn out, well, maybe there's some big conspiracy, or maybe he just didn't know about it, and it's a wacky coincidence that he knew the person in the car. 
right? <laughs> like yeah. one of those two. End of story for today. You go to a certain point and you can't necessarily clamp down. But I mean, that's that's true in the sciences too. You test your idea against whatever you can come up with to test it against and it works or it doesn't. And if you think it works, other people have to test it too, which is another thing that happens in true reporting. If you come up with something and it looks a little fishy, well then another good reporting organization will take up that story, especially if people are already interested in it, and say, well, why is this so? This fact looks weird. This interview looks like it was conducted oddly. That's right. right. And like the example I'm thinking of off the top of my head is the the Notre Dame football player Manti Teo, who, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh god, that's that's pretty sad and hilarious. Sorry, Manti Teo. Yeah, he basically He's making more than he, either of us will ever make. So fooled, <laughs> last laughs on him. Did he win the Heisman or was he just a finalist? He was just a finalist. I don't okay. think he won. Yeah, I mean, he he was a finalist for the for the Heisman Trophy defensive linebacker is that what he was yeah he was a linebacker at notre dame really good college player i think he's playing for like san diego now in the yeah, NFL. Last I heard. but he convinced everyone like around the time of the heisman that or maybe it was earlier in the season i can't remember now this was like five years ago that his girlfriend and his grandmother died on the same day notre dame was due to play somebody and they ended up winning, and it was like the story on the broadcast of the game, which was, you know, nationally televised, um, as all Notre, Notre Dame games are. And then it, and then Deadspin did a did a report like a month later, you know, actually look looking into because apparently his girlfriend was like uh, his quote unquote girlfriend was a a student at Stanford, and nobody had done the simple fact check of calling Stanford and asking if. There was ever a girl by the name of was it Lene Kekua? Was it, I think that was her name? Supposedly. Oh wow, that's good. That's good. Recap. Yeah. Well, here you bring up an interesting point because that takes a weird sort of person to wonder about that. Normally, if a guy yeah. says, "Yeah, I have a long distance girlfriend," you say, "Well, college is weird," and that's it. You're like, "Well, why?" If you're a star linebacker, why would you want a long distance girlfriend? But okay, people do things. And that's where you'd leave it. You just sort of trust that guy. So it takes a weird sort of person to be like, uh, I'm going to call the Stanford admissions department yeah. and, and see what's up. <laughs> well, in, in Manti Teo's case, I think he, he's a Mormon. So I don't think he was, you know, banging girls on the side. Boys, maybe. Maybe. Oh, Leaving that open. Okay. Hey, he's a football player. He's a football player. It's, yeah. Okay. It we'll, we'll, we'll keep it to that. Yeah. Okay. So, so th- that's what we think of journalism. Is there anything else you want to add there? Uh, I want to add, you never finished the story. The girlfriend was completely fake. He was oh, being yes. scammed by some dude in Hawaii. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I just, I forgot. Yeah. I, I assume like everyone else, uh, you know, knew the rest of the story, but yeah, well, we told this much, but this, this is an awesome story. It it's was journalism it was. at its finest and yes. silliest. Um, <laughs> my favorite part about that whole story, which has nothing to do with the rest of this podcast is the shirts that you will still see around with the Notre Dame logo. They're probably very, very illegal. But with the Notre Dame logo, the clover, and that say, play like your fake girlfriend died today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Still my favorite thing in college football. Anyway, the media. The media. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about the media for a long time. We just had about a 15-minute... You sound like you're threatening our listeners. Yeah, we, I mean, <laughs> we, we just had about a 15-minute preamble there to our constitution on the media. And we're going to approximately divide this into thirds. First third, we're going to be talking about social media. Then we're probably going to talk about TV. And then lastly, print, if we haven't exhausted all the topics during the crossover. So we wanted to talk about social media first, simply just because... It's kind of impossible to avoid if we had talked about TV or print. To start with, we would have inevitably gone into social media at some point. And uh, in many ways, social media is kind of the lead story. If I'm being journalistic here. Well, it no, has no, to no, be. No, because... no reaction there? I mean, okay. Oh, no, no. This is my reaction. This is my reaction. It, okay. uh, I, I, no, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the pun go. That I'm not touching. Yeah. <laughs> but it has to be the lead story because the president-elect of the United States... The person who's going to be the most powerful man in the world shortly, or close to it. We hope he's like the third most powerful. That person communicates almost exclusively through Twitter. Yes. Which is a sentence that 
I, I don't know if you could even imagine it when Twitter started. Oh, yeah, the guy we elected president will only talk to us through this service. And it's kind of normal at this point. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's that's how we do it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, we have to talk about it. Yes. So I actually – I happen to think Twitter is a huge accomplishment personally. I know I've had conversations both with you and my brother, two of the smartest people I know, who have – each Aww. each said, "I don't get Twitter. Like, what? Like, what's the point of Twitter? Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're supposed to do with it, or whatever." And so, educate me. What's the point of Twitter? So, obviously, Facebook came along first and was monumental because it lets you keep in touch with and keep tabs on that may or may not be a good thing. All the people you you know who are in your life in this kind of weird, and all the people that you way. used to know. Okay, sorry and. Nowadays, uh, Facebook is incredibly useful as a, as a business tool since everybody's been sharing information about themselves into this database that <laughs> you can now, through advertising, basically just, uh, it's, it's insane what you can do with the Facebook advertising in terms of collecting data on whatever market you're going after. But Yeah, Facebook to me is the story of somebody opening a pool filled, no, wait, let me, let me go back. They open the pool. They say, does everybody want to swim? It's hot out. It's completely free. Everyone's like, sure, I'd like to go for a swim. Turns out it's the hottest party in town. Everybody's at this pool. It's cool. They come up with other features. It's like, hey, we got free drinks at the pool too. We got a DJ. With everyone. It's, it's an amazing pool party. And then suddenly there's like disgusting algae in the pool. And there are weird dudes just hanging around staring at you all the time. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, but we still want to swim. So all everybody, anybody does now is they complain about the algae, but no one actually leaves the party because it's all they know to do with themselves. That's what I feel Facebook is at this point. Yes. Like when the, when the Snowden thing came out, I mean, I was kind of like, well, where have you been? I mean, like people have been collecting data on you. And by people, I mean companies, Google, Facebook. That we voluntarily hand yes, over. Yes, we voluntarily that. hand over information about ourselves. It's like, where, where have you guys been? Like, how do you guys not, how are you not aware of this process? But right, that's another topic of conversation so first came facebook the the major achievement if i had to break it down into a sentence is it lets you keep track of what all of the people who are in your life are doing and it sort of obviously they they introduced the the news feed thing while we were in college so that would that's what i would say Facebook. remember the early version of that yes the news feed like who would have thought it would become this where it was just sort of like Okay, so my cousin went to the mall. Why is it telling me that? <laughs> yeah, and well, to to put this in the context of the of the media, so we were freshmen in high school. I don't think you were on Facebook at the time. You're not. You're not on Facebook now. I'm um, not on Facebook now. I was on uh, Facebook from 2008 to 2010. Oh wait, no, I do have a ghost Facebook account. I have okay. one where <laughs> every time I try and log back in, they make me send my passport because they think I'm faking my login. Passport? No, this is real. Because I have, yeah, because I have no activity on there. Oh. They, they make me send them a picture of my passport which I now saved on my computer with all the sensitive information blocked out. Just uh, I, that I have a picture that's probably me that looks like a US passport, I guess. I don't know what they're trying to verify with all the sensitive numbers blocked out. But anyway, they make me send that to them and they'll unlock my account. I have one for my dormant band and I have one that I use for Tinder because Tinder doesn't let you operate without a Facebook. Hmm. So it's just like, it's literally no information, no connections as private as you can make it. I never, I don't remember the login right now. And it just has six pictures of me. That's it. Wow. <laughs> so that's my Facebook activity. So I haven't actually been doing anything on Facebook since 2010, I think. Yeah, so uh, to 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 put this in in proper context, the newsfeed feature came out, I believe, in the fall of two thousand six, and I remember there were it was there was just this explosion because Facebook was very static at the time in the sense that you know people posted stuff to their page or profile, but Facebook was not sort of you know keeping track of the information and then throwing it in your face. That was sort of a first. And then when people saw that, like, there was this feed, which nobody had ever seen before, like, and anything like it, really. This, like, sort of real-time feed that was, like, just 
sending information about your profile that that you were you know any updates you were doing to on your profile was just it was just sending it out to other people that you know and i can understand from mark zuckerberg's uh perspective like why would people be upset about this like they signed up for this and are I thought the whole point was, you know, to share information. But and, you mean, uh, why are people upset about the information sharing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 it's it's this concept that people have this idea of privacy when it's like this false privacy. Uh, they but they really feel like that they are because they're sitting in their house when when with you know alone in a room that they are that they have privacy on the internet. I it's kind of a weird thing for me, but uh, that story just blew up. And then it, it, it found its way because I remember going to the CNN website and there was actually a, a link to a, to an article about it. And that was like the first time I'd, I'd ever seen a, a story about Facebook in the like national news. In, in this, the media? This is Yes. This is fall of 2006. So this was 10 years ago. Like that's how far this, is, this has come in 10 years. And because it was only college kids at the time who were, who were on Facebook. Uh, isn't it funny that this is this is where it's come when two years about two years ago you started seeing a bunch of stories about people aren't really engaging with Facebook, Twitter is, is pretty static. That's that's kind of it. People are looking for like the next social network, looking for the new hip young thing. And yeah, it turned out that they had become in those in those ten years since Facebook started, not since or I guess eight years at the time, not since Twitter started. They became so integral to people's daily lives that it turned out when something actually important happened, like a, uh, I'm going to say 407 month long presidential election. It, it was, it was all on Facebook. It was all on Twitter. Those things suddenly became uh, wildly important again, not again, but just it, they became apparently indispensable, even though they had been for some time. The thing that changed across the internet about five years ago or it's it's been it's happened over the past five years is now on every web page you go to there are the share links right those those were not there five years ago those have only just started that that'll they that just started appearing about you know five six years ago that's crazy yeah so oh, I guess so you would basically copy paste man it's been a long time but you basically copy paste yeah and then send like a messenger post it on your wall or something and say please click on this but you won't actually share it to another person's account directly. You could, you could, you could put it on their on their wall. But it was, it was relatively manual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it <laughs> by did, the standards it of pointing and clicking, it didn't automatically, you know, pop up this uh, image with a preview of the of the link, you know, of the article or whatever that it does now automatically. Ooh. So that basically that was a huge shift about five years ago. So, so that's Facebook. And now Twitter, when that came along, I just sort of didn't see the point of it. I was like, why would, uh, what's the point of saying something in 140 characters? Like, I, I, like, I don't get like what the I point still of don't it understand. Um, I know why Trump likes it because it cuts him off about the end of his like capacity for holding words in his brain. But I don't know why smart people also sometimes like it. So the reason why I, I mean, I use Twitter pretty much every day. Um, not necessarily to. Uh, I, I don't really write things anymore. I retweet a lot of things, um, but but essentially, what it lets you do is it it basically put the RSS thing out of business. So RSS was the real simple syndication thing with the the orange. Oh yeah, the yeah. curved lines, the dot uh, surrounded by two curved lines, right? Yeah, it was like two or three. I forget which. But basically, how that used to work. It looks like was, the Wi-Fi single, essentially. <laughs> yeah. So how, except except it was like slanted to the to the right. So yeah, I mean how it how it used to work before there were the social share buttons is everybody subscribed to a site through the RSS thing, and then they'd be that would create a a feed that um, would consist of all the sites that you had sort of gone to and and added to your RSS reader. And so Do you happen to know when uh, RSS reader was like popular when it reached its peak? Because it was certainly never as mainstream yes. as simply having yeah, share. It, oh, was, okay. it was it was it was it was basically late two thousands. Okay. And then what what happened is Twitter came and replaced it because Twitter's just a oh. lot more efficient, right? So with the RSS thing, every time there would be a new post on the site or a new podcast episode or whatever, it would add it to your feed 
But Twitter was just so much more efficient because you can follow, you know, hundreds or thousands of, of accounts of people, of anybody or anybody or anything that you're interested in. And then it just, it puts it like just fire, 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 you know, just one story after another in your, in your Twitter feed. Right. So it's like, yeah. it's just like a whole, like once you have that and you're used to getting your news through that, it's sort of hard to go back to this, uh, this sort of old way of doing it. Like I, I can't imagine like picking up a newspaper and, you know, flipping through that. I mean, uh, um, I still like newspapers. I mean, I understand why they're, they're gone. But <laughs> yeah. Well, they're gone for me. I mean, you see them in other parts. So I'm in uh, Philadelphia now, newly, as we mentioned at the start of every show. And in my two and a half, sneaking up on three months here, two and a half months here, it's it's a really blue collar town. And there are things here that, that just didn't happen in my life previously. And one of them is newspapers, especially if you go out in the burbs. Like you'll just see the Inquirer around. I, was like, I didn't know they still printed that. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was done. My uh, my parents only just stopped getting the uh, the newspaper, the Washington Post. Yeah, I mean, I, unlike you, I I actually miss it. I I like it for a lot of uh, entirely sentimental well, reasons. Well, I like I like I, just I like the was... newspaper too, but it's sort of more of a nostalgia thing because yeah, yeah, for me. Um, but now that I have Twitter, I get all my updates in real time. <laughs> Whereas the newspaper, it was all—it's all literally yesterday's news. Um, so yeah, that, I mean that, 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 was... that just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, yet, so, yes, you get something a lot more comprehensive, but it's like in today's world, I'm like I'm not willing to. It's almost like things are sort of moving too fast in order to like sit down and actually go through the whole thing. You know, and that's part of I that's part of the thing always... we need to talk about actually. But yeah, well. And this is this is where I'm an old old man. I don't think the world's moving faster. I think all these services and devices that we're constantly hooked to give us the impression that there are new things going on when it's simply the same amount of stuff. We just get alerted about it True. constantly. True. And and essentially all of it is useless. Like when you got the newspaper and it was yesterday's news, you would think about what happened yesterday. You'd have some distance from it. Most of the time it won't affect your day-to-day life or it might in a little bit and you maybe be concerned about it, think about it. If you're particularly civically involved, you might like call a congressman, maybe even run for office yourself eventually. But you, you know, it gave you time to read what happened yesterday, go about your life during that day, in which you just wouldn't know a lot of the other things in the world, and then start again the next day. Now, I'm not saying I want to go back to that exactly, simply because it's it could be very dangerous to have the ability to share all this information and not like, like it could be very dangerous for a government to say, this is the better way where you know less, but I wish it was, I wish more of us just knew less, not, not new, fewer important things, just new, less useless stuff. I think it's making us panic all the time. Yeah. Well, when everybody was getting the same paper, you know, in a town and then there was, everybody was reading, a paper with, you know, editorial oversight and an editorial review board for everything. And, you know, there was more of a common American experience, a shared American experience, I should say. Well, and a more commonly reported American yeah. experience, too. So this, is, this, is something we've, this is something we've lost, and it's pretty much due to social media. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, well, there's right, right as soon as I waxed nostalgic for a little bit and then called us all to not constantly panic all the time, there is uh, one of the very good things about social media, which I mostly disdain. You would not see stories like, hey, police shoots guy in the face. Guy is black. This happened four times last week. You wouldn't yeah. see that sort of thing previously. It wouldn't really get reported on because the beat reporter would be white. The cop wouldn't really say anything about it. And you just kind of assume, well, you know, he had to shoot some guy. It's terrible, but the dude had to shoot some guys. He's in a dangerous part of town. And it took a little, you know, it took social media for people to show you. No, no, look, look at my phone. Look at the video. There, we're, there's a guy actually being murdered. So there, there's something that I come out of it that's very good. Yeah, that that is one of the benefits of a of a more visual world, which certainly we're, we're moving to. Even online, uh, we're just we're moving more toward video now that you know we have the online speeds and uh, bandwidth to support it i don't know what that's uh, yeah i don't know what that uh how that bodes for uh our kids going through school how they'll read 
little speak emoji. We're going yes. back to hieroglyphics. The Egyptians got it right the first time. <laughs> We're going back that way. All right. So, so, but Twitter, I think, is possibly well. It's actually Trump is. Uh, I, I was I was going to say that Trump was sort of the more or Trump. Uh, Twitter was the more revolutionary in, in terms Trump is Twitter. Twitter yeah. is Trump. In terms war of, is fucking peace. In terms of the election, this is the first time that a candidate was was basically just going around the media it's like what is it like in, in that sense like what is the media like like in every other il- election you know or whatever i mean there would always be this filter in place where the candidate would talk and then there would be this lens that that, that it would have to you know where there would be some sort of filter through the media before it would get to you, you and the news organizations should we start calling it that or we're we just going to say the media yeah, Colloquially, well, the media to meet news organizations. I, I guess, yes. But Trump was just, with Twitter, he was just, he did, he's like, he, he, he could just go around it. He could just speak to his millions of followers just in an instant. And it's like, you don't, you don't need to hold a press conference. You know, it's like, if you have Twitter, then who gives a shit? That's something I mean, that, me, I guess, but I'm an old man who's not on Twitter, so. And you know, I find it odd that you know it was it was Hillary they were bashing for basically not holding a press conference, but she wasn't really using Twitter. Like, where was she? Where was she? I, 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 I wonder, where where the hell was she? If she wasn't on Twitter and she wasn't holding press conferences and she wasn't in Wisconsin and she wasn't in Michigan, where the hell was she? Damn it! <laughs> she was in her secret bunker directing attacks against Benghazi. That's right. That's right. She's still, they're still she going was, back. They're she was giving giving back. speeches to Goldman Sachs. Yes. She was giving secret speeches to the Goldman Sachs cabal. Yes. yes. The Consortium of Cabals, LTD, which okay. is the trade name of Goldman Sachs. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching the, uh, there's a terrific, there, there are basically two terrific programs on uh, CNN every Sunday morning. The first is Fareed Zakaria GPS. I'm a big Fareed Zakaria fan. And uh, the second is called Reliable Sources where they sort of take a look at kind of how the news gets made um, each week. And, they, and it's, it's just a fascinating show. Uh, let's stop here for just one second. I want you to continue on with both of those shows. But let's note that while I'm old and that I'm not on Twitter or Facebook, uh, you're old and that you watch CNN. Yes. At the time the shows air. Yeah, I mean, one of... I don't know. I don't. Oh, well, I, I record those shows. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have a DVR. I don't watch any. I was of that testing. You. I wanted to see if you were offended. All right. So you're still you're still under 35. OK. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> Watching TV on time. Fuck you. Yeah. So they were having this uh, this debate. And uh, one of the guests they had on basically was saying that you know whether we do better reporting whether you know it's like most people aren't looking at the washington post or new york times they're they get their information from youtube facebook and word of mouth which is weird to me because isn't youtube and facebook kind of the same thing as word of mouth like people aren't going on youtube and watching the cbs evening news well there's 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 this uh you know trump has his uh people are saying and and i'm hearing thing so I, there's, there's so that word of a, mouth. a lot of Trump alleged um, word of mouth. Sorry, sorry, I'm stepping on your uh, I'm stepping on your punchline. I apologize, but th- that actually made me think of something um, somewhat serious. I've been wrong about pretty much everything with Trump. I really didn't think he had a shot the first time. I I was I was up until the very end. I was thinking, oh, he's not going to win it. He's not going to win it. Then right at the end, I thought, oh man, this is gonna this is gonna be close. He might win. I, I really thought uh, Hillary had it, but. The one thing that I understood about him from the get-go was how effective that people are saying was. Yeah. Because, yeah, because I, 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 one, that's how a lot of people talk, liberal and conservative. But two, I just, I grew up super conservative and you kind I don't know if it's because there's an essential distrust of the media when you're in like hardline evangelical Christian circles, but the media, there we go again. Yes. There's a mistrust of news organizations almost any stripe when you're when you're in that milieu and yeah i would people would talk like that i, I was just used to it growing up i don't know it triggered something in me i'm like oh that's effective like it's, it's stupid but like everyone was mocking it and i understood why they were mocking it but it was the one time where i really understood trump i'm like wow that's uh, that's gonna be fucking effective i'm not gonna say it's smart exactly <laughs> it's, it's uh but it's effective it's <laughs> it's like uh 
I'm trying to think of an athletic metaphor yeah, he's, here. He's a, he's a master bullshitter. I mean, you, you yeah. have to hand it to him that bullshit doesn't require a lot of technique. What I was going to get at is it's like if you're in a basketball game and you're in a league that's really, really low down. I mean, like no one's really tracking this and you're just bigger than everybody else out there and you keep just shoving the other players down, sometimes even like picking them up and throwing them, injuring them horribly. You're, you're just the biggest guy on the court. And the ref says, you got to stop, you got to stop, whistles you. And then you just punch the ref in the face and say, make me, fuck you. That's sort of what Trump is doing. It's, there's a kind of, there's yeah. a kind of brute a good, a, good intelligence analogy. to it. There's a kind of brute intelligence to it, but it doesn't require like abstract thought. And no. All it, what, what we need and what we've been missing is one, better players on the court, and two, referees that are armed with a little more <laughs> than a whistle. Metaphorically, metaphorically. Sorry, I don't want to. I don't want to be the latest person uh, <laughs> since Trump started this thing, where it's kind of cool to suggest that maybe you murder your political opponent. I don't want to be suggesting that. Nobody yes. murder anybody, please. Metaphorically. <laughs> so that leads into the book I wanted to mention during this episode, which is called President Obama uh, recommended it to me. That's uh, what the book is called. No, but he did recommend <laughs> it to me via Fareed Zakaria GPS. By the way, I would read that book. I would read President Obama recommended it to me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pick that up. So the book is called Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind. It is by, I believe this guy is Israeli. His name is Yuval Noah Harari. It's a, it's a fascinating look at how humans developed. I've read most of the, uh, the part about uh, kind of the pre-civilization aspect of humanity, which I realized I didn't really know a whole lot about. I mean, who does, really? But really what separated... Well, first of all, the humans have been around since, uh, you know, about a million years or so. And they basically just... They kept spawning new species of humans. We were sometimes a little short-sighted about how we think of human beings uh, since there's only one species of humans, Homo sapiens, left, which is not... A common occurrence or not an occurrence that happens at all anywhere else on the planet actually what do you mean by not a common occurrence like what doesn't happen anywhere else on the planet where there's there's only one uh, species of a particular genus okay so, so where, whereas you know homo is the is the genus and then sapiens is the species right okay. so whereas about a hundred thousand years ago there were different species of the homo genus all over the you know what's known as the old world, and then when sapiens evolved uh, and sort of emerged from Kenya, basically all of the all of the different human uh, species evolved in the in the Kenyan area and then spread elsewhere around the globe. Distance running and coffee—that's what we're good at. Yeah, fundamentally, as humans. <laughs> then we we proceeded to just go around and spread around the world and just totally wipe out the rest of the human species so that now there's, Fuck there's, those other yeah humans. and there's there's now only homo sapiens left and so why is it that that happened what made homo sapiens so powerful that they were able to do that and that they were the they, media and that they've yeah, and, and, social and that, media and that homo sapiens have been able to just live in this civilized way and basically take over the planet and possibly uh, <laughs> destroy all other life on the planet <laughs> you know exterminate every natural resource potentially and nuke, well and all and the other nuke species the, nuke the world and so forth hey, did you see that uh what's his name uh stephen hawking said that in about in, in a thousand yes who are you confusing him with there's only uh, one of that dude yeah there's only one dude who's the early 90s mac voice <laughs> yeah he he Error. said he, he said that in in a thousand years that we'd have to likely go to another uh, we'd have to actually leave earth and i was like oh yeah he said some crazy shit recently which yeah. keeps me up at night on occasion he has said that the thing that will keep us from surviving as a planet and a species to the point where we can get off off world is is probably artificial it's intelligence it's trump oh no no it's not trump he thinks we'll survive trump just fine it's artificial intelligence okay interesting yeah like he's he's worried about skynet and I have always been worried about Skynet. Well, and he's worried about I, the he's worried about the thing that lets him speak with his eyes. 
Right. Yeah, that that is fucking scary. He's like, I'll use it, but goddamn, this is the start. It's the beginning of the end. I have a friend who's a really, really brilliant uh, economist, now an economics professor. I always introduce him as like an economics doctoral student, but nice. he's a fucking professor now. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's killing it. And he always mocks me for that. He always says, no, don't worry about Skynet. And then when I found out I had Stephen Hawking in my corner, I was very excited. I'm like, we're all going to die by Terminators. Fuck you. The conversation was a little more nuanced than that. Anyway, cool. we've traveled a long way from the media and yes. also from Sapiens. Let's get back to Sapiens. Yes. So the, the, the question I, uh, I, I drifted off from was how were Homo sapiens able to just completely take over the world? like we essentially have as a species. And the answer is other species, even like ants, bugs, every other species you can think of pretty much is able to transmit information. Homo sapiens were the first and so far only species that were able to transmit fictional information. And so I promise you what the first fictional information was. It was, it's not you. It's me. Yeah. So in other words, one of like the examples they give is they being the author who's a he one of the examples he gives is that if you know that if you can go if you send a scout and that the, you, you can see that there's a lion around the corner you can like report back to the tribe and be able to sort of paint this entire uh sketch in a way that 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 you sort of can't if you if you just if you just if you can only you know basically report factual information right if you can sort of like dress it up with this whole skeletal narrative framing that that actually becomes quite advantageous when it comes to coordinating attacks and working together cooperatively the other part of that is you can kind of gossip and you know it's uh, like you were saying with the people are saying thing you know uh, he actually goes into gossiping and talking about things that don't really exist, right? Um, how think about how many wars have been fought because of because of religion, or you know how we all have these concepts of like we belong to a tribe or we belong to a country. These things that only exist in the abstract, and how powerful that is. If you can like be sent to war, and <laughs> soon fight, America will literally only exist in the abstract. Yeah, but like if you can, be, you, you literally can be, sent, be an abstraction. You can be sent to war and fight side by side with some guy that you've never met in your life, but you guys are united in in cause and purpose somehow through this abstract concept of the country. Well, we both probably uh, like Steak and Shake, so that'll be a start. Yes, yes, that's a great reason to fight a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, all right, I will die for this dude. He also creates the uh, engines of Obesia. Yeah, and so the development of civilization has been sort of this, it's been kind of this management theory of, think about how putting together like a military or something, how you have to kind of layer these different uh, sort of managerial aspects in terms of like, okay, there's a platoon uh, with a platoon leader and then a company with a captain. And then I guess it's like a a major with a battalion. I I don't know. Uh, Let's not go through every ranking classification. Yes, military. but if you ha- but but that's how you sort of stru- that's how you can sort of structure everything and only humans are able to actually do that. Chimpanzees are not they're able to like I guess kind of fight for their little kind of group of chimps or whatever, but they're not able to organize in that kind of faction. And so where this the reason why I wanted to bring all this up is this the idea that what gives humans their edge over every other species is the uh, is the ability to transmit fiction. I think that really played into how this election was covered. I think it played back. into we made it back. We made we played in it played into who won the election, and no, it was really unsettling just to to kind of see all the fake news develop and spread like like a virus over the internet and just uh, it, it was just very disconcerting. Yeah, your thoughts? It's oh well. My first thought is that. It's kind of a tragedy when you're talking about how humans can develop these national and regional identities while chimpanzees can't really do that. The real tragedy there is that the, uh, the chimpanzees can roll deep, but they will never know that they are rolling deep. They'll never have hashtag squat up on any of their team pictures. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is I miss Harambe. Continue. Yeah, I mean, another example would be 
if you have a monkey in front of you and a banana in your hand, you can try to get the... Which I do frequently. Yeah, I mean, you can, yes. You can try to get the monkey to do something for you and you, you hold out the reward, which is the banana. We hey, said we wouldn't talk about this on air. What is absolutely not possible is you cannot convince the monkey to go die for some cause in order to receive bananas in monkey heaven, right? That That's just not going to happen. Whereas right now there are many people, ISIS, looking at you, who promise their uh, soldiers that uh, if they die for their cause that they will be promised, what is it, like 72 virgins or something in heaven? I'm not really up on the ISIS manual, but yeah, I think you get goodies up in the, in the afterlife <laughs> is the idea. Yes. Which, by the way, that sounds like a just a royal pain to me. I mean, how that's 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 a lot of like I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel right. Is it supposed to feel like this? It just it just seems like it's more work than you want. I I would like ask we're, we're for talk, seventy two. We're, we're talking about ISIS here, or right? Like okay. if I blow myself up, I want seventy two like urbane, sophisticated, witty women with a repertoire of sexual knowledge that I have not yet been exposed to, but that they are willing to teach me. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah, it's well, a different thing. It's a cultural difference. According, a cultural to difference. A, according to a new translation of the Quran, or I don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if they get that from the Quran or if they get that from uh, some, something else, but we're way out of our depth here. Yes. But yeah, apparently the new translation, I mean, this was written, you know, 14 centuries ago or something, but apparently what it, the what they think that it means now is seventy two raisins, not seventy two virgins. We're gonna have to take a cue saw, from our description of this, journalism earlier to I make sure this, that this is a real story. No, I saw this on a on a Fareed Zakaria uh, documentary called "Why They Hate Us." You didn't and see it on your Facebook newsfeed. I did not. I said those. It was it was a it was a Muslim scholar who is Muslim herself who said that said that. Um, wow. That's a pr- if that is in any way true, that would be a pretty bad translation error. That would um They're like guys, you still gotta blow yourselves up. <sighs> Alright, take a knee gang. <laughs> we're gonna have to We're gonna have to talk this one through. That would be a pretty big disappointment once you get to paradise. If I don't know. I mean you, you just find are pretty yeah, good. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, so, so we've gone from the dawn of time. Yes. The human's to, ability to lie, to human's yes. ability to convince people to do things for strange, strange reasons. So maybe, maybe that we should we should go into kind of the history of the news media and how it got to be sort of that biased, or at least ones that that were catered to a particular market mm. arose. Okay. I think we should get into that. Because I want to talk uh, about the business and marketing of, of the media, because I think that plays a much bigger role than any of us really realize, including me. So Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to hit that, I think, on the other side of the break. I know we yes. didn't plan to take a break here, but I also have to go to the bathroom badly, Yes, which I feel is we, we have, uh, one we of the rigors for, of podcasting they don't yes. tell you about. We, we've, been, we, we've been going for you know almost an hour. and Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to split this into two episodes again. Yep, happens every time. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, guys, uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Check us out in part two. Break! Hey, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. This is Eric again. We have uh, about an hour and a half of a show that we recorded after we got back to recording after taking the break here. So it could be that uh, there's going to be two more episodes instead instead of just one based on those sessions. So... I have to edit those together. I'll get to work doing that. Hopefully by the time you listen to this, uh, the next episode will be available and you'll be able to just move right on into that one. But to close this one out, here's Elvis Costello again with the song called Waiting for the End of the World. This is from his first album, My Aim is True. Yeah. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.